Cheers. It's the old-fashioned episode. Cheers, the old-fashioned episode. Mm. Okay. Oh, this is a nice one. Yeah, I like it. So, guys, for those not in the know, uh, Maker's Mark Old Fashioned is what we're drinking right now. Uh, typical Old Fashioned. It's got uh, bourbon or whiskey or rye whiskey is the, the, the ultimate traditional one. Uh, some bitters, sugar, uh, ice, uh, and it's usually garnished simply with either a cherry uh, or an orange twist. Mm. Simple, simple, classic cocktail. I think the cherry's beautiful because it adds like a little bit of color to the drink. Yeah. I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. super nice. Yeah, and unfortunately yeah. you guys at home can't see it and our my guests here can't taste it, but I actually made cherries. My bartender forgot to put them in. Oh, you <laughs> made cherries? I personally oh, made man. cherries. I, I, you, you grew them in your orchard? I grew them in my, my magical taco truck. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, no, I, I, we did our own, like, uh, garnish maracchino's cherry style. But do you, like, kind of, like, ferment them in sugar or something? You have or, like, to ferment you... in sugar, you boil yeah. it, you use some, uh, you're supposed to use brandy, but we've been using Jameson. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Jameson. Right. So that's one of the things we like. Uh, before we get too far into it, let's everybody induce themselves. Uh, I'm Helena. I'm the co-founder of a Chinese gym brand called Crimson Pangolin. I've been in Shanghai for seven years. Um, yeah, that's basically all you need to know about me. Sweet. Uh, I'm Kelvin. I used to work at Untour Food Tours, uh, and my job was to show people around Shanghai, take them to hole-in-the-wall local scene, uh, just kind of introducing them to Chinese food or what's in the now in terms of uh, local trends for food. Yeah. Uh, my name's Logan. I, uh, I make cocktails, I ter- tell dirty jokes, and sometimes I smell like tacos. <laughs> That's the gist. I think a sometimes. lot of times, a yeah. lot of times you smell like tacos. <laughs> so we're actually in a taco truck as we record this, guys. So We are. So you might hear some taco sounds later. It'll, it'll yeah. happen. If you hear some crunching, you yeah, know. You, if you hear crunching, <laughs> it's definitely I was me. about to ask what exactly is a taco <laughs> sound. It's crunching. It's a lot of yeah, crunching. Yeah. Crunching and, yeah. and uh, yeah, just general eating sounds. Yeah. Um, anyway, no, this is this is a nice this is a nice old fashioned. Yeah. Um, so okay, so for me, like I'm not a big whiskey drinker because I don't drink a lot of dark liquor. Um, but one thing that I so when I make an old fashioned, I actually make it with aged gin. Mm. So like um, yeah, so I, I really like aged gin because I I feel like when that that kind of oaky taste right. takes the edge off the junipers quite a lot. And I always say that aged gin is like if you're not a gin drinker and you prefer like kind of dark liquor, dark liquors like whiskey, get into aged gin before you get into like kind of like a London dry kind of kind of thing because it kind of like eases you into it and it's yeah. less harsh. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, so I I like I, I like to make uh, old fashions with with aged gin and then. But one thing I do do is I replace the sugar with uh, Cointreau. Mm, mm. I, I think that's that it just adds like a little bit of zestiness to it. it yeah, like I would see it yeah. give it a nice little thing. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the beauty of an old fashioned. I feel like it has a format. You know, it follows all the rules of making a drink. It's ice, spirit, mm. sugar, citrus, and acid or something. You know, mm-hmm. and you have or bitter. Sorry, and that brings something to it. So if you want to replace the liquor aspect. Uh, with gin or with rum, you have a lot, or tequila, you have a lot of room to play with, or brandy, you can do a lot of fun mm-hmm. stuff with old-fashioned, and still call it old-fashioned. Right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons why it's old-fashioned, it's like one of the first drinks. Mm. Um, it goes, yeah, I was say, where did the name come from? I think it, there's so many things, but I think it's kind of lost to history, but I think it was just the drink people had. Like, I think Jerry Thomas even wrote, like, the old-fashioned cocktail was this. Yeah, yeah. But, like, a traditional cocktail comes from uh, a punch, Punch was a large format cocktail, uh, and punch is a Hindi Sanskrit word that means five. 
So there's five ingredients. And every cocktail has five ingredients, supposedly. And then uh, Old Fashioned falls into it. There's ice, sugar, uh, citrus, uh, bitters. bitters, yeah. So like as I said, um, and that makes it an Old Fashioned. So like a lot of your cocktails will fall in that same spectrum. Right. But the Old Fashioned is just this really cool... Uh, always, a, I think it's a growing cocktail. You can do whatever you want with it, whatever the trend is. Right. Yeah. Like, if the trend next month is going to be, like, aged uh, mezcal with, like, special barrels, yeah. like IPA barrel mezcal or something like that, you're going to have a cool old-fashioned with it. Mm-hmm. So it tells a cool story. And it's, I think it's one of my favorite drinks to make. Because mm. yeah. it's, like, so simple, but if you screw up a little bit, yeah. you can tell. It, it yeah, just the ratio goes all off. Do you do you shake it or do you stir it? Stir it. You stir it. So, okay. with most whiskeys, you want any dark spirit, you really generally want to stir. Mm-hmm. With a clear, you could you could shake it. Like, a mm. gin is special, because gin's yeah. a little more oily, mm. so it depends on the drink. Like, okay. uh, like uh, what's his, oh, like, James Bond is very famous for, like, the, uh, the, the martini shake and not stirred. Yeah, yeah. So, initially, Ian Fleming wrote him as a big idiot. And it's supposed to be, if you know anything about drinks, you don't want to shake a vodka martini. Right, you okay. Know? So he, that was one of his subtle tells. Like, yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. has no culture. He's very uncouth. But, like, you're supposed to think he's very suave. But it's like it's like anybody in a tuxedo, like, just crushing Big Macs when there's... Or not only how to use, <laughs> yeah. like, a fork yeah, and knife yeah, yeah, at yeah. its proper dinner. You know, so that's what they're trying to show. So, like, shaking is okay for uh, certain things. But, like, a dark spirit, you don't want to do. So, like, old-fashioned... We're always stirring. You nice. You get that, that big ice sense. cube. Yeah, because I yeah, cause whenever I go to a because some bars for like Negroni, for example, some yeah. bars shake Negronis and some bars stir Negronis, and I always kind of feel like you know shaking's okay, especially if it's like a like, Negroni riff or something. But I don't know, stirring just looks better. Yeah, and I also yeah. think the stirring aspect. You said you really like making old fashioned. I like making them as well. And I think the stirring part is actually what's very almost like therapeutic about making this drink because it's so simple. Yeah. And, you know, just like the sound of the ice. When yeah. When you're just stirring it around and, and then you just, you end up, it's pretty hard to like fuck it up. <laughs> so I think that's part of the reason why yeah. I like it. And it's just a great drink. Because it's funny that you say that because uh, Logan mentioned like, you know, if you have the ratio slightly off, it can be a bit weird. Yeah. So like, yeah, I feel like as long as the ratios are there, yeah. then yeah, 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 yeah. it's, uh, yeah, then it's, it's, it always makes a good drink. Yeah. Like the way I would say, one of the cool things to see if you have your bartender's any good is how he could stir his old fashioned. Because somebody that knows how to use a spoon, you're just using your fingers. Your hand's not even moving. Mm. You're basically... It's almost like you're playing a guitar or something. Uh, and so you're basically just hold the glass and you're using your fingers. And your fingers do all the work. So if you see a guy like 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 a witch's cauldron, yeah. somebody stirring it like that, <laughs> then that's, you know, basically somebody new or a home bartender. But somebody that mm-hmm. actually could stir and twizzle the, the twizzle stick can do it actually pretty well. Um... That's, that's what the spoon was like yeah. built for. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's it meant has to do more of the work. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like I would say, if you're gonna make a old fashioned at home, the the best thing to do is get a cube sugar. If you're gonna do a traditional one, or you can do whatever riff you want off of this recipe. Take a cube of sugar, cut it in half carefully. Don't cut yourself. Douse it with whatever your favorite bitters is, because that's a cool thing about an uh, old fashioned is you can change the flavor up with mm-hmm. your bitters profile, mm-hmm. and it can have everything the same except the bitters and whole different world. So you take your favorite bitters, you douse the, the sugar, the half sugar cube, put it in the glass, take a little soda water, just enough to fill the top of the sugar cube, muddle it up until it's a nice paste. That's when you put in your alcohol, your spirit of choice, and then you put your ice cube in it. It's got to be a big ice cube so it doesn't melt. And then you stir, stir, stir until everything's connected. 
and then you garnish it with your orange twist or your cherry or whatever you'd like to do. And then you have like a really cool, yeah. your, you know, old fashioned with whatever products you want that brings out a lot of different flavors, you know? Let's talk about ice for a minute. Because I, until I started in the alcohol industry, when people would talk about, oh, you need to have good quality ice, I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? It's frozen water. Like, how yeah. can there be like different qualities of ice? But actually, there are. And it's amazing how like how different the qualities are. Oh, it's like, crazy, you know, yeah. like, like you can get ice that melts really quickly that just like feels terrible and feels like shit. Mm -hmm. And you find it at festivals and you you know like yeah. you, you fill it up and if you want to have like a I don't know rum and coke or something and the ice is good like, it's like small cubes of ice yeah. that melt like really quickly. But then like you know you have like a really substantial like like uh, like cube of ice like we have in here. This is gonna this is not gonna melt for like another two or three hours or so. Yeah. So this is this is gonna stay put. And I'm like I just I find that fascinating. Yeah. That there's different qualities of frozen water. You know what I mean? I, I think it's very strange. No, it's a, I mean, it's a good yeah. thing. I mean, we need a big ice like this because the whiskey's obviously going to be melting the ice at different temperature than yeah. outside, right? So that's where you'll see also like the circle ice because that mm. melts evenly. Like a square ice isn't going to melt as evenly. But you basically want the ice to do its job and just keep the drink cold. and not. Yeah. A, you don't want dilution as much. Mm. But like a rum and coke, something like that, it's like, you know, at a, at a cheap... At, a, at a, like you know, at a festival or something like that. Obviously, they're just doing them fast. Yeah. But then you see like uh, shaved ice. Like if you have like a mojito, mm. the tension is or a like a cobbler or something. You want that drink as cold as possible. Right. That's why like a cobbler has that metal glass, or you want something cold and refreshing as soon as possible. These are hot weather drinks, you know. Yeah. Like a mojito is supposed to refresh you. You're not sipping your own mojito all day, you know. Which is a whiskey drink. You might take a. That's little a good point. This right. is not. This is not a hot weather drink. Yeah. This is like an evening. Yeah. It's Almost like, a like a, it's, it's like a nightcap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like or like it's like a kind of depth of winter drink that you'd have in like November or December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you're yeah. having a couple of them, but yeah, like a mojito is a get up and go drink, you know. Yeah, you're crushing like, a couple of mojitos, you know. Daiquiri is the same thing. It's all yeah. about you know the the area that they're coming from. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, that's true. On the ice subject, um, in terms of uh, looking at. I think you're like a big whiskey drinker. I am. Yeah, I've been known. I've been known to, yeah. to drink some whiskeys. So, in terms of like tasting a whiskey, and I know the vast majority will say you should drink it, you know, straight. Yeah. In terms of like tasting a whiskey, but then you have those people who argue like I want it on the rocks because as the ice melts a little bit, it brings out a different flavor profile. Where do you stand on that subject? I always feel like I'm a grown-up now, so I'll just drink what I like and how I like to drink it. Mm -hmm. Back when I was young, I'd be like, oh, I must do it like this, or, you know, I can't, I'm doing it wrong. But now I'm like, well, I paid money for it. I, right. I want to do whatever I want to, you know, that's how it's going to be. But with that said, what happens is there's an actual chemical reaction. Uh, next time you have a, a whiskey, um, drop a little, just a, a little eye drop of water in it, you'll start seeing some swirling patterns. Yeah. Mm. Like some people call releasing the dragon or waking the dragon. And basically, that'll never stop. The chemical composition of your whiskey is changing for the rest of the time. So you can taste that whiskey versus whiskey uh, from five hours ago that hasn't been touched, and it's just a completely different world. Uh, so it opens up a lot of different flavor potentials. Like if you're just drinking it in meat, sometimes whiskeys go up to 46%. Your human palate is really hard to taste that much. You know, it's just alcohol in your tongue. Some people can taste it, and that's fine. Uh, but... I like to, if you add a couple of drops of water, it opens it up, and you can actually taste it a little bit better. Right. So I, I'm all for the opening it up. First, taste it without it. Yeah. It's like going to a restaurant, and before you even have the food, ask the chef for salt and pepper. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you should see what the chef intended. Right. You know? Like, some things aren't, like, it's not a big deal, but if you have, like, a really good scotch, like a 30-year-old age scotch, you go right away for water, wait a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Sure it's it's like, like putting it, ketchup on steak, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you go to New York, they will, like, scoff at you yeah. if you put ketchup on steak. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I don't blame them, because if, if a steak is good, it shouldn't need mustard, it shouldn't need yeah. ketchup, it should, like, just have it, have it. Yeah, just the way it's yeah. Intended. Have it, have it the way it's intended first, and the, then like you want to add something. That's yeah. That's it. Try it first. Try yeah. a bite first. But yeah. I, I could tell you like a nice anecdote is when I first moved here um, in China, people were drinking. Uh, this is ten years ago, and they'd be drinking like ninety four the tour, like really crazy expensive, like twenty thousand US dollar bottles of wine. And they'd open it up and they mix it with Coca Cola. In San Francisco, uh... where I'm from, you, you don't do that. I, I would like take it back. You wouldn't do that. Well, in San Francisco, even at the time, like if you ordered a Macallan Blue Label and you asked for like ice with it, we'd be like, "No, you can't handle this drink." Like, mm. like what idiot bartender I am? Like I couldn't handle a tip either. You know, oh, like we God. were so condescending and cocky because we know the right way to drink stuff. And so, like I saw a table order a couple bottles and you're mixing with Coke, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is wrong. This is terrible." And so many said, "Hey, listen, it's not your money. They're happy. They're going to order more, more bottles and let them drink it." Yeah. And I said, what, do you, what, you're doing it wrong. I was there, and he said, once again, not your money. The customer's happy and they want to spend money and enjoy themselves. Who am I to say, oh, you're an idiot. You're doing it wrong. If that's what brings you pleasure. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. You know? That reminds me of a viral Yelp review that went around recently. So there was, there was a restaurant in London and that somebody had written a review about. And he, and he was like, nice enough place, but the chef's really rude. And something like that. And the chef, or the owner of the chef, or whoever it was, responded. And they said, first of all, you asked for ketchup with a fish dish. Or it was something like mayonnaise or with a white fish dish or something. And then he went, it was an Italian restaurant. He went on this whole rant about how, and he also asked for his pasta to be Alfredo or something. I don't know if you guys saw this. No, I want to yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah, and it was like an Italian, an Italian like guy who was like, this is not an Italian thing. Like, who is Alfredo? Like, why do you keep asking for Alfredo <laughs> pasta? Like, you, you need to see it. It's like, it was like a viral, like, Yelp it's, review. Is this a video? Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's just like, it's like, like, a, it's like a screenshot of a Yelp review. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's so good because it's like, this, this customer was refused sauce or ketchup, whatever, whatever it was he wanted to put on his fish or like cheese. I think it was Parmesan. Yeah, it was, it was Parmesan. So he asked for Parmesan and the, and the chef was like, no, you don't put Parmesan on a fish dish. It's going to ruin it. And then he was like, no, I'm the chef, I'm right, and that's that's basically it. So we got a bad review. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's it's a weird situation because, it's like, you want to say the customer is always right, but then it's like, do the customer's always, do they always know best? I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, think, I think, you know, where I stand on this is, like, I think it's good to maybe educate the customer and just be like, Look, this is how we normally would do it because this is how we traditionally do it. Yeah. But if you were to want this anyway, go for it by yeah. all means. Because again, like Logan said, it's your money. Like you do what mm-hmm. you want, right? But I think in terms of maybe just letting them know that could yeah. be beneficial to them. Because some customers would be like, for example, with me, if someone were to tell me that, I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, then I'll try it without. You know. Yeah. But obviously, everyone's different. Well, chefs are a temperamental bunches. <laughs> you can't mess with their food too much because they do get, like, very, very angry. Very, I've seen that so many times. That's yeah. why I like being on the bar side. Okay. <laughs> We're much more mellow. Yeah. We, that's when you give the chef a shot. Like, hey, bro, yeah, cool down. Yeah, yeah, cool yeah. down. Yeah. It's okay. 
it's like any creative industry, right? Like, I know yeah. graphic designers who, like, lose their shit if you say, like, if you criticize them too much or say, I don't like this, I don't like that. And they're just like, no, it's my creation. Like, yeah. you know, like, it's, it's, it's like any creative yeah. uh, creative endeavor. Like, people don't like criticism. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the interesting thing about going back to old fashioned is it's, you can be as creative as you want with a drink. As long as you follow the three or four rules with it, you can go crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, if a customer asks you, oh, you know, I want this old-fashioned, but can you also top it with Coca-Cola? That's basically what you're saying, right? And then you have to say, oh, okay, I, I use this really... Because we're not going to use the best whiskey yeah. in the world for yeah. a mixed cocktail, like an old-fashioned, but you're going to use a good whiskey or a good whatever spirit base is. But, like, if somebody's like, oh, I want a Coca-Cola, what is your response to it? Put it on the side. <laughs> you yeah. give it to them on the side, I think. Yeah. You can still give it to Yeah, them. mix it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yourself. Speaking of bitters, uh, when I first moved here, I didn't know bitters was a thing. Like, I didn't know, like, the the Brits and the Aussies would like, oh, let me get a bitters and, and vodka and bitters. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just bitters, so I just poured vodka or gin with bitters. Because mm-hmm. in America, we don't call it bitters. We what call, do you call them? We don't have it. Like, we have bitters, the actual alcohol bitters. Yeah. But there's, like, a, a soda. It looks like a tonic or something. Oh, you mean, like, the soda, the soda bitters. Yeah, it's called yeah, soda yeah, bitters. Yeah, it's yeah, called, yeah. like, I've seen it. In, that, in, in Britain, it's not really a thing. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe it's more of an Aussie thing. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I've never, yeah, I've never walked into a pub and be like, give me vodka and bitters. Yeah, no, I, I, I was like, oh, here's the bitters. Yeah. How much, tell me what yeah, is yeah, yeah. this <laughs> And I, I'm saying, like, the alcohol bitters, the little drop, the little bottles, not the uh, Australian version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What time are we at? <laughs> I guess I'm just going to edit this. <laughs> the all just, silence just, just, just edit, just edit <laughs> yeah. it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess like every culture kind of does things. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah, like even in terms of like the way you say things, it's, it's different. I actually noticed it just now when you said parma, parmesan. Yeah, parmesan. Yeah. I, I, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, oh shit, I'm with Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parmesan. Yeah, parmesan. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think there's also a lot of like alcohol brands that are yeah said very different. Good segue, Calvin. Yeah. Good segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see what I did there. Good segue. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think that my favorite one is when people uh, say Moet Chandon, French people, and it's so annoying because it's Moet. With that Shut ooh. up, no, it's not. It's yeah. Moet. It's Moet. You're being funny or you're being serious? No, I always used to call it Moet. Yeah, but it, that um, wasn't right. But That's what we're fixing on this podcast. But it's a Dutchman that made it. That's why the M O E T and there's the O. Oh, the two but dots. it's a French product. It is so a French it product. It should be. But then it doesn't mean the umlaut if it has a French because it's Moet. Even in, like the Moet people have to call it Moet. No, I don't believe you. Just mind blown. Mind. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> yeah, Moet Chandon. It's not Moet. It's Moet. It's Moet Chandon. No, it's, it's the Moet Chandon. The French people would say, "Oh, it's so, so French," but it's definitely a French champagne, of course. But it's a Dutchman that was Moet that made it. What? <laughs> no. This is where we plug in the mind-shattering. Yeah. <laughs> this is that effect that you told me about. The, uh, the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect, yeah. Like, what? I've, but I've never, like, if, like, Moet, like, grinds on me. Yeah, what's like, it? It's like, like, it's, like, grinding <laughs> it's, on my it's ears. It's a Dutch name. It's Moet Chandon. Like, you could do the, the Chandon part as French as you want, but it's still Moet. If it wasn't, there wouldn't be the umlauts. Yeah. World changed. Yeah. No, 
in my club we used to call it Mo-Rat. yeah everybody does it's just wrong so it's an easy <laughs> it's an easy the bar bet to always yeah. win you could always win the bar bet because everybody the only person who really got it right was Biggie Smalls like he would always say Moet Chandon by the pool I think he did oh. it by accident no I think I think, <laughs> I think he just didn't read too much into it no, and just literally <laughs> pronounced it Moet you're saying a, a, a famous hip hop pioneer would pronounce a word wrong sir yeah but hip hop people always like hip hop people hip hop people rappers like okay rappers always like kind of like I was listening to something the other day and it was like um, they called Tesla's Tessies and I was like oh that's really cool yeah, but it's like the same thing as mispronouncing champagne called Moet Chandon. Yeah, Moet no, no, but like, but the, uh, I don't know, like, rappers will always give new names to stuff, like, well, H- like Hennessy, Henny. Yeah, but it's like, being creative. It's being creative, yeah, but like, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's in the same vein. It's, uh, speaking, okay, so speaking of same veins, it's stuff that people are pronouncing wrong. Okay. I compiled a list. list. Okay, what's the list? Okay, so let me see where the list would be. Also, Goose, like... You know, that's, Grey Goose has a, a fascinating history with Shanghai. It's made by Vidal Sassoon, the Wait, hair guy. What is? Grey Goose. Oh. He's one of the guys that invested in or one of the big names. Uh, and he, uh, his family was the Sassoon family that was uh, the guys that made the bunt. Oh. Wow. Like, there's a really interesting history with it. Sense as to why so many tables here get Grey Goose now. Yeah. But I mean, Grey Goose is one of those things where I didn't understand why it was so popular. I just thought it was expensive. Until somebody explained to me that the big thing about France is the wheat and their bread, right? And bread is such a big part of French culture, like French baguettes, mm. you think. Yeah, baguettes, cheese, stuff like that, yeah. And so the wheat they use for Grey Goose is uh, the same, like, really great French wheat. And once you have that in mind, it's like, oh, okay. You could taste a little bit more. It's like this really nice, crusty bread kind of yeah. taste. French bread is the best bread in the world. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good. Actually, yeah. I actually miss it. Like, there's one thing I miss about living in, like, England slash Europe is that, like, the, the, the bread quality is so good. Yeah. The bread's pretty good here. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting better. Places, it's getting but you better. have to go to, like, actual French, like, like kind of, like, independent bakeries yeah. for good bread. Like, you can't yeah, just go yeah. to, like, your, like, Carrefour and be, like, No, because that's not bread. bread. I don't know. It's yeah, like it's a it's weird sponge. Thing. It's it's like a sugary sponge <laughs> loaf. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, the, it's for not, some it's reason not it's like yellow because they pre buttered yeah, yeah, yeah. it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's so many good little pop up bakers. They're not pop up oh, bakers, so but bakers many. all over. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's I mean that and coffee are two things I've yeah. definitely seen trending over the past few years. Yeah, I mean coffee's just been on like this kind of upward incline. Like yeah, yeah from from the minute I stepped down in Shanghai, like when when I first came here like eight seven years ago, seven and a half years ago. It was basically just Starbucks and a couple of like little indie yeah. ones. Yeah. And then now it's like there's just indie coffee shops everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, actually, funny funny thing you bring that up. Uh, in terms of coffee, a big part. Uh, yes, China has always had historically had a, you know, draw towards tea for obvious mm. reasons. But uh, with coffee in itself, um, first off the beans weren't as available but beyond that in terms of like so i think for a lot of chinese people when they think coffee they don't necessarily think americano they think latte Mm. um and obviously that has milk in it Mm. but a vast majority of people in china actually are lactose intolerant yeah the reason for that is because historically speaking china wasn't always the most economically strong um 
country. So they wouldn't have livestock such as uh, cows or any animal that produces dairy. Uh What they had were pigs because they're the cheapest uh, animal to farm. Mm -hmm. So that's also why pork is the main uh, source of meat in Mm -hmm. China. Like 80% of the meat we eat in China is pork. And when you see a menu and they don't spec- they don't specify what kind of meat it is, they just say roe yeah, or pork. like meat, it's pork. Mm-hmm. And so for the same reason, dairy wasn't really a big thing here either, which is why people are drawn away from dairy drinks. But now I think people are getting introduced to Americanos or like just drinking coffee as it is mm-hmm. without milk in it. And it's becoming more and more of a trend. Mm-hmm. So, so what's happening to the lactose intolerance of China? Are people just kind of getting over it, or like? I think I think, in terms of lactose intolerance and like allergies in general, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that actually you're not born with it. A lot of you develop it. You develop okay. it. So I think introducing it to people at a younger age is actually drawing people away mm. from those kind of okay. like intolerance or I see like allergies and so on. Okay, so is. Uh, sorry, one, one, one more question on this. So, like, for example, in, like, ABCs, in, like, American-born American born Chinese people, yeah. is lactose intolerance not so prevalent in, like, ABCs? Yeah. As it is? Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, that would make total sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I grew up drinking milk, and I've mm-hmm. never had an issue with it. Uh, but you'll see a lot of people avoiding that here, especially the older generations. And as you get younger, it's... Like it's yeah. more prevalent. Yeah, you, you yeah, see yeah. it amongst more people in the younger age demographic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to lattes. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, that was kind of just like my point on coffee. Okay, okay. In general. <laughs> back to your list. Oh, our list. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's wrap it up quickly too, because I know we've all got some stuff to do. Uh, I'm gonna say a word. You say how you pronounce it. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, this is going for you for the Brit first. Well, sh- uh, show me the show me the logo. No, I'll spell it for you. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. I can show you the logo too. Okay. It doesn't matter. I just uh, you can see it too. N I K E. Uh, Nike. Well, yeah, but how do you say it at home? Nike. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Nike. Yeah, I say Nike too. But a Brits mm. for some reason say Nike. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Nike. Nike. Okay, this one is for you, Kelvin. Uh, Adidas. No. This one here, B A L E N C I A G A. Balenciaga. Balenciaga. Uh, it's Balenciaga. Balenciaga. Was, yeah, because he was a Spanish. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he developed. He was French. He developed in a Spanish town, uh, and he opened in France again. Mm-hmm. The source came from Spain. Wait, to so France. how is it? I, I say Balenciaga. Balenciaga. Yeah. yeah. And what did you say? Balenciaga. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's almost it's, it's potato potato. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Volkswagen, the most popular one. Volkswagen. Volkswagen. <laughs> it's actually Volkswagen. Volks, yeah, the, the German is the Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, this one right here. The, the Apple product that everybody uses? Uh, so, A-D-O-B-E. Adobe. I say Adobe as well. Uh, the, pro- the proper one is Adobe, yeah. So that's close. Uh, let's do one more. Anything fun? Well, I, oh, yeah, I- you- I- I-K-E-A. Ikea. I say Ikea as well. It's Ikea. Ah. Ikea. What about, what about Adidas? Adidas. Adidas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adidas. We are Adidas. Mm-hmm. But that's actually the proper way. Adidas. Adidas. Yeah, because it's, yeah. Well, you know the founder was called Adidaslo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
was wasn't it two brothers? Yep. It, yeah. yeah, well that's Puma, the first yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. two brothers. Uh they were, one of them was a Nazi and then the other one it was both of them were Nazis but was, one of them was because re- it was the time I think yeah. it was one of them was really into it yeah. One of, yeah one of them was super into it the other yeah. one was kind of like a not so into yeah. it and then they kind of had a falling I'm not sure if it was about the Nazi thing they had a falling out about but, but, then but, they, but they had stuff, yeah. they had open humor yeah. yeah and both companies uh, headquarters are based in Nuremberg in Germany Yep, and then yeah. half the town would be a Adidas town, the other half the town would be exactly. a Exactly. But the thing about New I have a friend who lives in Nuremberg, and like there's so many like multinational companies that are based in Nuremberg for some reason. There's like Siemens and Philips and like everybody in Nuremberg works for like a big multinational. It's like very rare that you don't meet somebody who works for like a little small indie company. Like everybody mm. works for this like big uh, big conglomerate. Cool. Well, I think we covered some good ground. Yeah. We all know how to yeah. say IKEA now. Yeah. You know about old fashioned? Yeah, I'm still going to call it IKEA. America. In Chinese, it's Ijia, which means humble home. Ah. Or hum- a harmonious home. Harmonious home. Yeah. I think yeah. we could have spent a whole episode saying Chinese translations for cocktail names. Oh, I would love bottles. that. There's a lot of fun oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, Chinese brand names would be cool. Because, like, yeah, stuff yeah. like Coca Cola, the Chinese name is Cola, which means, like, happiness, right? Cola. Yeah. It's yeah. like they're yeah. very smart. Yeah, yeah. Or like Dom Dom Perignon is uh, Champagne Wong, the Champagne King. They've done some really cool stuff. I think they that's a, yeah. I think we can have a lot of fun with that. Okay, yeah. guys. Well, till next time. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Next time. Mm.